but she's got one. Oh, what's it called? Oh, God. It's just gone out of my head because I haven't read that one yet. Lydia Patrick's got it, though. Davis. I was going to pick her for this, but now I might wait at, like, a year because... Yeah. So you'll wait two podcasts then? <laughs> <laughs> we need to up our game, Yeah, Jen. I know. I have moved twice I know, I say, since we started doing this I feel podcast. like now we have to do I'm so, like, nomadic. I just need to stop. I know. We've recorded this in so many of your homes. I know. Um, I'm going to just... Oh, you're gone. Okay. So what is our code word going to be for if you need a poo? Um, should I just say, Jess, can you pause it? And then you can cut that bit out. <laughs> I want to go now, but there's someone in there. <laughs> we'll hear him come out, so you can just rush up. Okay, should we talk about it a bit before we start talking about it? Like a pre-talk talk? I feel like we've just had that. Yeah. I really need a poo. Okay, let's just wait until the food. <laughs> I can't add like the stress of it. It's gonna, like, I'm really distracted. I can't talk about this with your poo hanging over my head. Sorry. <laughs> this is so rare as well. I'm normally a morning pooer. <laughs> oh god, what's happened? It's not even like a nervous poo, it's just like <laughs> I just need a poo. Um, okay. <clears throat> let's just start. <clears throat> <clears throat> right. Hello. <laughs> um, so I've chosen the book for this episode. Um, it's called Pond by Claire Louise Bennett. Um, and I think it was published last year. <laughs> it doesn't say when it was published in this weird edition. So, But it was very, it's a very recent book. Um, it's... Uh, it's, it's like a collection of um, vignettes or little chapters or little short stories. Um, some of them are only a paragraph long. Some of them are quite long. Um, I feel like, even though they're quite separate, um, it's all the same narrator. I don't know if you get that impression. Like mm. It feels like it fits together um, as a whole. Yeah. Um, rather than just completely different narrators or protagonists. I think, yeah you can read it like that and I when I was reading reviews on it it was it said you can read it like that or you can read it as separate stories but I don't know how anyone would read it as completely separate stories no. like they definitely hinge together some of them the really short ones are quite like poetic so you can almost mm. read it as sort of like poetry standalone but I think it definitely fits together really well as a person's experience um if I was to say what it was about, which is a bit difficult, um, I think it's about a young woman who um, is living on her own in a rural um, place, which I think is Ireland, but it's not explicit um, that it is. But there's hints that it is in Ireland. Um, and it's basically about her um, spending time on her own and how she copes with it and what her thoughts um, wander to what her desires are, 
what her worries are. Um, why do you think she's young? I don't know. <laughs> because I had... I assume she... I don't know. There must be something. Do you think she was old? I don't know. I just I mean, don't know what, uh, age, what age she is. You know what? I don't know. Because there were some parts of it that I was like, she must be quite young. And then there were other parts where I imagined her more like being a kind of middle-aged yeah. woman. But I'm wondering see, if there's explicit. any point in it where she says... No, she I don't it. think there is because I thought it, I was reading I just it the made, whole time. Thinking yeah, that. I just made loads of assumptions because you kind of learn that she was trying to like start a career in academia, mm-hmm. and then in my head I obviously didn't think she could be like an older person. I just yeah. assumed she was young. But then you don't know how long ago that was as well. <laughs> oh my god, where's that coming from? Wait, is it the art centre? Sounds like there's someone. Oh my god, that is so Should loud. Should I go and look? We might have to post something. Fuck's sake. Maybe it was just like coming out of someone's car. Maybe. And turned it down. Okay. Oh. If we're interrupted by some really loud music, I'm then. Sorry. Sorry. Oh god. Um, this would never happen at Flat 26. Well, I think. <laughs> I can just hear someone shouting at their dogs. Um, <laughs> I thought that um, that actually it was recent that she um, was like doing a PhD or trying to become like a esteemed academic because I thought that there were hints that she had kind of like mental breakdown and then that's when she moved mm-hmm. to this really remote place and then I felt like maybe she stayed she stayed there for like a few months or yeah more not like decades ago but yeah just assumptions. Yeah, I think well, the first time I read it, because it was so, oh, I don't know, like, I just, it was all over the place. I couldn't really contextualise each of the bits no. as a whole thing. So I was just like, is this years later? Is yeah. she, like, reminiscing about this happening to her when she was young and she's now... I don't know whether it was just because I made the assumption that if she's living in the rural, kind of somewhere rural in this, like, little cottage by yeah. herself, then she must be old. It's weird, isn't it? Because there's loads of stereotypes of, like, her doing gardening and then you imagine yeah. an old lady, but then there's quite a lot about, like... she. There's quite a lot about, like, her sexual desire mm-hmm. and it sounds like she's young. But then maybe that's, like, making, like, yeah, assumptions as well. Mm-hmm. I mean, she knows how to text. Not that that means anything about <laughs> <like> age. <laughs> doesn't mean anything these days. Um, so, so, yeah, like... Oh, God. I have to cut this bit out. I'm trying to think what we could start with. I mean, we could just like talk about the style. We could just start with what we, we thought. Yeah. Thought. So I'm going to ask you first, oh, seeing as I chose it. <laughs> okay. So, and um, what did you like reading it, and what did you think of it? I liked it at first, and by the end, I was annoyed with it. Mm. Is that when it the style like really shifts and it becomes very stream of consciousness? Or abstract. I, I don't know like? whether it was... It might have been partly to do with that, because I think, basically, it was partly that and partly just, I've been reading this too long now. Mm. And so the style just started to grate on me in general, as mm. in the kind of fact that it's so elusive to mm. the point of just, yeah, annoying me. Um, but I think that was almost exacerbated, like, towards the end, because it becomes more kind of disjointed and Mm. abstract and random there were 
I don't know, there were parts that I connected with and parts that I thought, yeah, the way she's used language there is really clever. Like, she's obviously, like, a brilliant woman. Like, Mm. she's really, really clever and technically a good writer. But, I don't know. For me, I think just the tone of it and, like, it was like she'd inhaled a thesaurus... (laughs) And there were so many long words. I didn't understand a lot of the words. I had to look them up constantly. I, I, see, I didn't look any of them up. I just kind of let it wash over me. <laughs> just listen to the sounds. Maybe that was the yeah. point. I think, yeah, I think she, she on purpose obviously uses quite um, unusual words to describe very usual mundane things. Like mm. describing fruit in a bowl, like she'll probably yeah probably every adjective I've never heard of yeah. But then she's describing something really. But it's not necessarily normal. flowery language. It's no. more like analytical language, like academic. Yeah, do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like really polysyllabic, like I don't know jargony, and it just I think that just started to really grate on me. Mm. And then. I don't know, when I, obviously when I read it without having read any reviews or read anything else about her, I kind of gave it the benefit of the doubt, I think, and thought maybe that's a kind of conscious, it still might have been a conscious decision, but, like, it's it's quite clever the way she's, like, created this, like, the narrator's voice as this, because obviously she is and was in academia, and so maybe she is just like that and a bit pretentious and... I don't know, like, incredibly, like, self-aware and self-conscious and, like, analysing everything and stuff. Um, and also the fact that there are all those, like, really, like, long words you're kind of, like, tumbling through them and it's kind of very disorientating. And mm. it's the kind of thing where you read a sentence and it makes you feel a bit ill <laughs> because you just... There are so many words you don't understand in it. Yeah. And then I was thinking maybe that is to create this kind of atmosphere you know, or to create that kind of, like, elusive, like, obfuscating atmosphere where you're not really sure what's going on. Mm. Um, or maybe I'm just not clever enough and you're hard to the words. Um, but, yeah, it's kind of, like, has that kind of, like, claustrophobic, like, very dizzying mm. effect, which is obviously she is completely on her own. She's isolated. She occasionally does see people, but she spends a lot of time in her own head. And I do think that is something that it did really well, is it really captured that kind of almost when you start to lose your sense of reality a little bit after you spend mm. too long by yourself, like, reality starts to shift. It's like around. that really, really short one where um, there's, like, a really detailed description of her breakfast mm. bowl and spoon on the table, and but she can't remember if that was from that morning or another yeah. morning. Like, she can't remember if she's eaten breakfast or not. Yeah. And you think, like, how can you not remember? But then maybe it is because she's been on her own mm-hmm. for that long and got into a bit of a routine and there's no one there to witness her have breakfast and she's not talking to anyone while she's having it. That, for me, was the most interesting thing that came out of it was just, like... Because it is very... I don't know. I think this is kind of what I was saying earlier is that you kind of project your own... Mm. You can project onto it what you are interested in, I think. And for me, what I found interesting was the relationship between, like, being on her own and how that relates to her relationship with other people and the kind of tensions in that. I found that really, I don't know, that was the most satisfying part of it for me, was, like, exploring that. But what I was going to say about the kind of, like, long words and all of that, Mm. I kind of was 
giving her that benefit of the doubt. And then I actually went and read an interview with her and I read an essay that she'd written for the Irish Times, I think, where she's talking yeah. about the book. And I think I just realised that that's just her voice. Is it really? I was yeah. going to say. Okay. And that made me feel a lot less kindly towards it. So I was like, oh, I don't know, maybe she is just a bit pretentious. And I just don't... I, I, I just don't see it as pretentious because I think... I mean, maybe this isn't, like, an accurate understanding of the word pretentious, but I feel like when you say something's pretentious, it's it's because somebody is being pretentious and it's an unknowing thing. Like, they just... They don't kind of... I feel like she, I feel like she is knowingly using long words, but not to seem really clever or um, really above everyone, but to kind of... In, I found it quite funny... Like to inject humour. See, that's into it. what all the reviews said. That it was did really they? funny, and I did. I did not get that because I feel like you do read it, and you're sort of like rolling your eyes, like, oh, for God's sake! Like you don't need to describe an aubergine like that, or a, yeah, or whatever. But it didn't get on my nerves. I think because I just, I just thought right away, like I'm not going to understand loads of these words, and it doesn't matter. Mm. Um, but I can see how it would be grating. And in other in other literature, when that's done, it sometimes is grating for me. But it didn't bother me in this. I think because I think because she does that, but then her use of language is really interesting and surprising. Because then she'll suddenly switch to saying something very colloquial, or mm. or like explicit or something. Like she'll swear or she'll use like slang, and it and well, it kind of is a nice contrast. That's the thing. Like the whole thing is written really conversationally. Yeah. So like she'll say things like, "Oh, if you must know," or yeah, I don't know, just little things like that, which is as if she's like talking to someone. But then, yeah, just mixed with all this kind of really long, difficult words really long sentences I, like I don't mind that like I don't mind mm. the use of words like that and language like that if it adds some kind of meaning but for me it didn't I don't think this could have been written in any other way because it's about her mind like wandering to random things isn't it and when you have loads of time and you're just like sitting at your dining table in your flat and you're just like you just look at something like an object and then your mind wanders and you have like stupid long-winded thoughts about it I think if she'd have just written it really plain it it just wouldn't have the same like atmosphere I know what you mean because I do think that the language is kind of part of her like you're saying like in her like interview she's just like that but I do think she's doing it on purpose to create like an an image of this woman, um, like on the verge of losing it a little bit, mm-hmm. and and also just somebody who is extremely like, yeah, like you said, analytical and like self conscious. Like even though yeah, like even though she's on her own, like you don't really feel like she is because you feel like she's being watched all the time. And then that is like a conversation with the reader because of the way she talks to you, like you were saying when she says, mm. you know what, and all of these things. Yeah. It's like when you're on your own, but you still kind of can't completely just accept that you are on your own and like no one else is there, no one knows what you're doing. Yeah, I, I, I think I do agree with you that the, the book and the atmosphere it's trying to create and stuff maybe couldn't have been written in any other way. Although 
I don't know, you could be rambly and kind of create a similar atmosphere without, mm, I don't know, using so many words. But maybe that's part of the reason why she's there in the first place is because she wanted to be an academic and so, like, she had to kind of write like that Mm -hmm. to be successful in academia, which obviously she's had loads of pitfalls and that's why she's kind of taken a break from it and removed herself from it. But she's got herself into that corner where she can only be like that now even when it's just her thoughts that's what I thought like is this just consistent with her character being a kind of ex-academic and I think that it does make sense in that in that way but Mm. I do also think from reading the interviews and stuff that it's probably quite um not autobiographical but I do think that it's from like quite a personal place yeah I think it's like that so maybe she is just using her own voice because that is just what she was trying to do like in all her interviews and stuff she's saying that she was using writing this book as a way of like exploring things Mm. um so then it obviously quite naturally would be written Mm. in her own Mm. lexicon i like how because she is on her own most of the time when she then does have an interaction with another human being it's like given so much significance in her day Mm. and it's so different from our day-to-day lives that we just have to talk to so many different people or it's all really like casual interactions whereas with her it's like maybe like once a day there'll be like a five minute conversation with somebody and she like recounts it all and she kind of like recounts every little movement they make and they and Mm -hmm. if they don't follow the way she if they don't act like the way she wanted them to she she gets like irritated or annoyed yeah like there I just remember that one bit where there's like a man who lives near her or something and they're friends and I don't know if they're like sleeping together or what but he like arrives before she kind of realized he was going to arrive at her house so she isn't like standing in the room she wanted to be in Mm -hmm. and then she kind of like gets all flustered and has to like walk around loads of rooms to kind of delay having to talk to him and stuff like that it's like everything's really measured and that's kind of my diagnosis of her is that she just cannot handle other people Mm. like very well no I don't know why that is because she's experienced some kind of trauma or like she's been through some kind of mental breakdown it's Maybe I think she's attached I think from other people, I don't know, but I think she's I think it's less like one of those stories where she's an extreme example or something really unusual's happened to her to make her that way. I feel like she's just quite representative of a lot of us, a lot of people. Do you think? Yeah, I feel like unless you're with sort of like your close family members or your close friends, like most interactions have some level of like premeditated thinking or thinking before you're going to say something or you know being disconcerted if you bump into someone and you're not expecting it or that kind of Mm. thing maybe that's just because I'm more like her than you are but I can like identify with some of it I can identify with parts of it but and yeah the stuff about where she's planning the party I think that was the funniest bit (laughs) for me where she's talking about like how she's gonna have all these people over and who's going to sit where and <laughs> who's going to be invited and who's going to who's not going to be invited and who's going to know that they weren't invited and like thinking and about who's going to bring what food and, and yeah. a bit like yeah it's so neurotic but it's so true and funny I think and I think people always try and act like they don't think about those things mm-hmm. and I think it's really honest that you know she is yeah she is um saying that she's thinking about 
who's going to arrive first and who's going to be last mm-hmm. and, and that. That is funny. But I think she obviously, like, can't be vulnerable with someone. No, and, and, and I guess most of these interactions are with, like, random men that she's dating exactly. or have, has dated. So there is that real sense of, like, putting a guard up. Um, and she says at one point, she, like, actually references the fact that men have said to her that she doesn't have normal needs or something like that. Uh, I don't remember that. And she's talking about... Is it the bit where she's talking about how she needs to be drunk to feel enthusiastic about uh, a man? Yeah. Is she basically thinking, oh, maybe am I gay? I didn't think she, that. And then, because she kind of implies it, but then she just, like doesn't really think about it again. And there's that whole bit at the party where she's talking about that woman that's going to come and her wanting the woman to sit on the ottoman and, like, the woman to... would be wearing this or whatever. And then it's her... Well, she she doesn't say it's her husband, but she says, oh, in the end, he came and not her because Mm. they couldn't get a babysitter. And you're like... Yeah. That's the thing. You're constantly guessing at her relationships with these people. And they, and she never gives them a name. Like, no, I know. So they're just sort of like shadows of a person. <laughs> I mean, you never learn her name. You never learn... True. You never learn, like, any that. of these men's names. So you don't know, is it the same man all the way <laughs> yeah. through? Or is it just different men? There's definitely the one who lives near, who's done his back in. Oh, yeah. Because she goes around and helps him. <laughs> but you get the impression it's different men, I think, because yeah. of the fact that she obviously has this issue being open with or vulnerable with people. Yeah. Well, maybe that's my interpretation of it. I don't know. I think it's that she also, she likes the attention and the validation and she's not like completely bothered about who it is mm. in the moment. Like when she goes on that walk and then sees a man, a strange man. Mm-hmm. And then I found that bit really funny. I don't know if you did. No. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I found it really funny because she's like, what the bit where he's like, oh, do I want him to rape me? Yeah, it like, was so funny. Would I agree on him? It's really funny. Like it sounds oh, funny when I put it like that. But it wasn't funny the way she I think it's it. really funny. I think I might have saved it because she's out. like, it's in. It's in. I remember the one it's in because it's got a really weird title. Do you know what? I, I, that's so interesting that you read that as funny because I read that as depressing. I was like, oh, oh my gosh, she's so horny that she wants <laughs> to be raped. <laughs> That's funny. What? <laughs> That's the thing. She's just so horny throughout the book. She just can't be on her yeah. own. Yeah. No, so she's gone for a walk and she's not expecting to see anyone. And then she sees a man. And then she has that thing where you like, you, you sort of feel kind of scared about like being on your own. You almost get that jolt of adrenaline. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, oh no, is he going to walk near me? Blah, blah, blah. And then she just goes off on this like tangent. Um, Oh, it's definitely in this one. Shall I read out a little bit? Yeah. This might be better. Um, uh, perhaps the worst thing that could happen right now might not be quite as diabolical and frenzied as the thought of it jaggedly decreed. If it, that, were to happen right now, would it be so awful, I thought? Would it really be such an upheaval, such a defiling affront? Perhaps, on the contrary, it might actually seem fairly recreational, like the way dogs are, and not in the least bit vile. (laughs) That's funny. (laughs) I looked as far into the distance as I could, and after a moment of blank thought, it occurred to me that I would very likely wet myself. That was a certainty, more or less, and it troubled me, actually. The likelihood that I'd wet myself, not after but during, troubled me. I surmised it would be unavoidable, really, because, for one thing, of all the rainwater that entwined in a lithe stream along the side of the road... 
which surely I would not be able to take my eyes off. And, for another thing, though it's true I drank very little water before leaving the house earlier, I had in fact consumed a considerable quantity of ginger, ginger tea throughout the afternoon. Consequently, my bladder was already very susceptible. <laughs> and then she just goes on and on thinking about it. I don't know whether... I thought that was really funny. I don't know whether I found that more of a depressing image because I was imagining her to be like some lonely old woman at that oh. point so I was like oh she's just some like really old woman who's really horny and like she's seen this young guy and like wants to be raped by him it's like that is only depressing so I'm I was just imagining kind of like you. yeah like a, <laughs> yeah. I was gonna say a 27 year old <laughs> I just yes. think it's funny like I don't know how uh, yeah I read a review of that like and they mentioned that bit just trying to find the quote yeah, because I really disagreed with the way they spoke about it. Because even though I found it depressing or whatever, I feel like this review tried to make it really, like, a serious thing. So they put... They're talking about the, the rape bit, so where she's kind of thinking, like, oh, what if, like, yeah. it happened? And they said, uh, The imagined danger is all the more frightening for the swiftness of her acceptance, the toll many women pay to make the experience of danger go away. Oh, wow. So they're basically saying that she accepts it really quickly as a, like... So that if it happens, as a it's not going to be as traumatic. But I didn't read it like I that. I feel like they're really trying to, like, shove that into, like, yeah. a political argument. Yeah. yeah. Like, almost just like, oh, she's a victim, but she's already blamed herself because she's horny or something weird. Like, I did not read it like that at all. No. I read it, like, literally, she, th- she gets that jolt of, like, adrenaline when she realises she's in the middle of the countryside and there's, like, a man near her. Yeah. And then she just thinks, like, oh, what if he did rape me? Like, what would happen? Or, like, would I piss myself? Or what? <laughs> like, I don't think she's... Oh, I don't know. I don't agree with that review. Yeah. I mean, maybe that's one reading of it, but... Yeah. I also could relate to um, the way that she, in the book, she kind of, like, tries out different not necessarily identities, but, like, hobbies almost. Like, she has an image of herself as being really into gardening and, like, growing her own vegetables. And she likes that idea of being really busy doing that every day and enjoying it and coming home with all her fresh vegetables. But in reality, like, she finds it, like, she can't keep up with it and it's a bit boring and stuff at the beginning. And I thought... And there's a couple of things like that. And I just thought that was quite interesting how sometimes I think you, you want to be a certain way or like enjoy doing a certain thing and be completely fine and content but in reality you're not that's kind of right at the beginning basically when she accidentally ends up having to do it because somebody sees her and she has to have like a purpose I thought you were talking about the bit later when one of those men or the one man (laughs) the nameless man comes over and then he has a shower and she is out in the garden and she just starts like hacking away at loads of oh, plants. Yeah. yeah, then she's that's later on and then she's like, Am I doing it right? What the hell happened in that bit? It just descended into just like nonsense. Well she she talks a lot about how she she's sick of seeing all the like the plants and the, the bushes and she wants to see the earth and then she wants to get to the earth. So she starts kind of like weeding but a bit indiscriminately and just pulling loads of stuff up. I don't know. Yeah, but this bit. What bit? Okay. Out beyond and way back and further past that still, and such was it since. But after all appearances and some afternoons misspent, it came to pass not all was done and over with. No, no. None shally shally on that here hill. 
Ah, but that was idle then, and change was not an old hand. No, no, none shilly-shilly on that here first rung. So much girded, and with new multitudes, a sun came purple, and the hail turned in a year or two, and that was not all. No, no, none ganny-ganny on that here moon loose. And it continues like that for fucking two pages. (laughs) That's the bit where I was like, I think that she's... Lost it? Mimic, yeah, she's she's like mimicking a, like another writer, I think. But okay. obviously we, we haven't read it. But oh. that's but when I got to that bit, I was like, oh my God, what did this mean? But then I was just like, no, you're, you're just supposed to read it and just hear the sounds and not like try and work out what it means. Yeah. That bit was hard. Yeah. I guess we could talk about um, like why she's there, do we think? Or do you think it's because she had a breakdown? To do with I think there's little implications that she yeah she wasn't getting on very well in academia and right towards the end she um re- like is um remembering like a, a a meeting she had and I think some older more senior people basically were trying to tell her stuff for her own good but were basically being very critical of her and I don't think she so she says that it. thing about how she got invited to speak on a subject. And she spoke about love and the brutality oh. of love. Yeah. And how love is kind of... Um, oh, God, what does she say? That it's like self-immolation. So like and she, like an engulfing yeah, process. Her, and then, her, yeah, her argument is that in literature, when authors or poets or whoever are describing love, it's always about um, like the erasure of the self. Yeah. So basically, I'd die for you. Yeah, 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 literature. But I think that's that was what she, yeah, that was like her thesis maybe or something. And then people were being critical of it or she just lost confidence. I think also that if that is what she thinks, that mm. is quite relevant um, to what she has done, like as mm. in withdrawn herself from other people essentially or like the social realm because... Like, basically, the thing that struck me most about it was this tension between the self and other people and the fact that, I don't know, like, if, like, love is brutal and kind of, like, love is basically a person encroaching onto you and onto yourself and kind of, like, robbing you of yourself, I think that is almost what other people are the whole way through the book. And, like, she... I don't know. When she's at her most, like, anxious or self-conscious, I guess, is when she is interacting with other people. Yeah. But I think her her argument isn't that love is, like, other people robbing you or encroaching on you because you're... When you're... When you love someone, you kind of willingly want them to... to subsume you. Mm -hmm. Like, you kind of... You are the motivator for doing that. And I don't think she ever wants that, right? Because the experience mm, she wants that. is one of complete, um, not innocence, but like of like complete like originality, like defining yourself mm. um, and not letting others do it for you. And this actually links to the whole kind of like why it's called Pond mm. and that, I can't remember which story it's in, but the one about where she's at the neighbour's house and there's some big event going on, mm. like on the grounds where Mm. her cottage is or whatever. Um, And they go up and put a little sign next to the pond, which says pond. And she basically mouths off about this for ages, Mm. doesn't she? And, Mm. like, hates the fact they've done that. 
because she thinks it's like robbing some kind of like mystery or like you know she's imagining being a child and coming across that and just feeling really robbed of some experience yeah. like don't tell me like don't yeah. don't know put a label on this thing that is mine to discover as an individual and I think that is really I don't know almost like emblematic of that tension for me that's like at the center of the book which is between like the self and self-definition and like others almost defining you or like the social realm defining you and it's like exploring how you do define yourself if there's no other people around to define yourself against yeah 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 yeah. because can she be like a full person if she's the only one and it's like yeah and then and then she's reading that book that she doesn't say what the title is but it's like a sort of science fictiony book where the main character is a woman who's like the last person in the world or something and she she basically has to like try and survive on her own because there's been like a nuclear war or something and everyone's died and she's like you know this character in this book she's reading is eventually going to die basically but it's about her like surviving on her own and the experience of being completely alone and I was like wondering is she like envious of that or is she like, does she feel like she's going through that, but then other people keep, like, butting in and ruining it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the thing. I think she has this really neurotic, problematic relationship with other people. But then she does want to be seen, and she wants to be and also appreciated you... as well. Because she's horny. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, mainly. <laughs> but it's that is the one thing which I really liked thinking about in relation to yeah. this. Um, because... It's it's just like we need other people to contextualise ourselves. Mm. And without other people, I feel like quite strongly that we our identity would very quickly become very fluid and like very tenuous. Mm. Because without seeing yourself through other people's eyes or without that consistency you need in like social situations and like acting around people, everything just everything just like would start to disintegrate yeah. I feel like your sense of self and like reality does start to do that when you've spent too long by yourself yeah 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 I think the like the defined edges of things start to dissolve mm. and maybe that's what's happening towards the end of the book mm-hmm. like the language is starting to dissolve yeah there's a lot more just kind of sounds thrown at you yeah um, definitely but it's that it's the tension between that needing other people to, yeah, almost create a boundary around ourselves, but then also needing the space from others mm. to define ourselves. So it's like that fine balance between the two that she obviously feels has been um, too, gone too far one way when someone puts up a sign saying pond. <laughs> yeah, because she's like, you're not giving someone the space to yeah. explore themselves and their own, I don't know, consciousness, whatever. Maybe we should read the bit where about the pond. What, when she's... There's loads of descriptions of the pond. Are you talking about the bit with the sign? Yeah. Actually, yeah, we should read that, but also talk about how kind of all her... Like, all her different um, descriptions of a pond, or there's and there's loads of stuff in her house that, like, remind her of this kind of, like, watery pond-like mm-hmm. territory at different points that's, like threatening or appealing depending on how she's feeling like when she like the bath yeah when she's having a bath and then she decides to 
repaint the bathroom yellow oh, because yeah. it's like a dark green colour or something. And then when she's had a bath and it's, there's loads of moisture on the walls, she kind of like has this really good description of it reminds her of some like kind of sludgy, like, yeah, like underwater mm. thing that's like swarming around and squirming, swarming. Squirling. I like swirling. Swirling. <laughs> New word. Like around and it's like re- makes her almost kind of not feel like grounded. Mm-hmm. Um, like she can't see that it's a wall. It's kind of moving. So then she's like, I need to paint it yellow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I hadn't really thought... I'd obviously like made the connection between that and the pond. But what other bits are there where she makes like... Um, that refer to what, that? That refer to a pond but not a pond. Mm. Um, I can't think of any off the top of my head. Do you want to read the pond bit? This is why you should have made notes. I <laughs> used my little stickers. I forgot to see what time we started, by the way. Oh, shit. She must have made me a cup of tea anyhow before she went off to place a cautionary notice next to the pond, which, by the way, has absolutely no depth whatsoever. If it were left up to me, I wouldn't put a sign next to a pond saying pond. Either I'd write something else, such as pig's will, or I wouldn't bother at all. I know what the purpose of it is, I know it's to prevent children from coming upon the pond too quickly and toppling in, but still, I don't quite agree with it. It's not that I want children to fall into the pond per se, though I can't really see what harm it would do them. It's that I can't help but assess the situation from the child's perspective, and quite frankly, I would be disgusted to the point of taking immediate vengeance if I was brought to a purportedly magical place one afternoon in late September and thereupon belted down to the pond, all by myself most likely, only to discover the word pond scrawled on a proxy piece of... Oh, poxy. Poxy <laughs> piece of damp plywood right there beside it. Oh, I'd be hopping. That sort of moronic busybodying happens with such galling regularity throughout childhood, of course, and it never ceases to be utterly vexing. One sets off to investigate, you see, to develop the facility to really notice things, so that over time, and with enough practice... One becomes attuned to the Earth's embedded logos and can experience the enriching joy of moving about in deep and direct accordance with things. Yet invariably, this vital process is abruptly thwarted by an idiotic overlay of literal designations and inane alerts so that the whole terrain is obscured and inaccessible until eventually it is all quite formidable, as if the Earth were a colossal and elaborate death trap. How will I ever make myself at home here if there are always these meddlesome, scaremongering signs everywhere I go? I did like that bit. Yeah, meddlesome, scaremongering signs. And also, I could kind of connect with that feeling of being a kid. And I don't know, when you'd be exploring some wood or something, you'd come across like a fence (laughs) and you'd just want to be in a kind of like complete wilderness and just be annoyed. Definitely have that. I liked how, well, this goes back to me assuming she's like a young woman, but it kind of eschewed, eschewed. Eschewed. I don't know how you say that. You know the word, I mean, yeah, that one. Um, like a sort of tr- like traditional like arc of a story um, or a plot um, about a younger person on their own because it's not like a coming-of-age story. I don't feel like she has like a really final revelation at the end mm-hmm. or really like develops as a person or something through her experiences. I just think it's this meandering like stream of consciousness consciousness thing that you finish it and you don't feel like it's really you don't feel like she's like necessarily learned something or no. has matured like if anything she's just gone a bit 
mad. I mean, maybe yeah, maybe she finds some like maybe there is like almost like a sense of peace at the end, um, because she stopped fighting something possibly. But I just quite liked that it wasn't one of those standard novels where through your interactions with you know mm. another person you become this or you like develop or you change it almost feels a little bit circular because it starts off with her being a kid and it ends Mm. up with her being a kid yeah i didn't think of that yeah yeah i don't really understand the significance of the ending with with the childhood memory of her brother and i don't even know if we should even dive into that shallow pond (laughs) yeah like the last sentence What's the last sentence? To be honest, I actually got I actually got this wrong because Oh yeah, there's I didn't one page a piece I, of card. I thought the last sentence was at the bottom of this page, which is she stayed still and continued to frown at the apple. The stupid, stupid apple. And I thought that's a stupid ending. <laughs> and then today I was looking through it again and realised there was another page oh. after that. So the last sentence is actually Morning stands on its high swing and waits, shunting the dirt back and forth between beneath its nails with a bare piece of card. Which is also a stupid ending. Or is it? <laughs> what I does think this it's... mean? I mean, yeah, I did. There I didn't is something about a blank card. Yeah, she says the blank card has arrived. But obviously you don't know what that is or who it's from or anything. It's really hard to that's why I find I like it because they are separate, but it's quite hard to read them in isolation. I feel like, especially with the last story, mm. um, it probably doesn't make sense unless you've read the rest of it. I have read the rest of it. It doesn't make sense. No. I don't know. I mean, it's obviously not supposed to mean anything, really. No. It can mean what you want it to mean. It still gives you, like, a kind of feeling. It doesn't, like, mm. not affect you, does it? But it's not something you can really express or explain. I think she just does. I think she does have a thing about childhood. It's kind of told in the pond thing, which I think is like very central to the whole thing. Mm. Um, or like the pond thing sheds a lot of light for me on the rest of the book, which that childhood is this time of kind of like almost like a bit of a magical time that, and then adults kind of encroach on it or impose stuff on it, and that's almost symbolic of the self and the way society imposes what it wants onto the self and then the self is I don't know less able to flourish Mm. in the way that it otherwise would but then you know she's completely but maybe like in that case maybe she's regretting that she wasn't more adventurous or risk taking as a child because she feels like she's missed out on that Mm mhm um, maybe this is almost like a crisis point and she's been she's become an academic done a PhD or whatever and obviously we know from secondhand experience what a stressful situation mm. that is and like how um, kind of oppressive an atmosphere it can be yeah and you know the fact that people are bearing down on you all the time or like criticizing you or what academia is supposedly where you know for a for being in like normal society you're supposed to actually be encouraged to think imaginatively and creatively and unusually about things because universities are supposedly like centers of critical thinking and Mm. new ideas so maybe she was drawn to that 
because like you said of the importance she puts on that experience in childhood but then the reality of it was there was still you know unkind people or people who just wanted to kind of power, like exert their power and it wasn't really about that pure idea yeah. and maybe she's kind of really disheartened with it all mm. because she was in the world of academia which is all about the mind and language and now she's removed herself to this really rural environment and there's a lot of like beautiful and interesting descriptions of the like natural world around her and and even in a domestic setting her gardening and her thinking a lot about her fruit bowl like all her all her little like ramblings of the mind are about very practical things like all her little daily routines and where am I going to find a replacement for this cooker knob Oh, uh, and then, like, this whole long exploration that she does, like, basically loads of research into, like, the original manufacturers of manufacturers of it and whether she can get a replacement and this, like, mm. intense devotion to finding a replacement and going the extra mile <laughs> to write to this random company in South Africa if she can have a replacement. And it is like she... It's like she has one of those minds that can't ever really stop thinking yeah. or shut down. And so she, but she has to like redirect all that energy just to her little tiny world that she's created around yeah. her. Into really mundane, everyday <laughs> household things. She needs to get an Instagram account so she can yeah. like, take pictures of all her perfectly arranged fruit <laughs> and get some likes, <laughs> validation. I read a th- um, one of the, in, um, actually, the interview I read with her one of the questions on the interview was oh, you have described this as a love story what she has yeah so I wonder what you thought about that did she answer well no well yeah but th- okay so this is kind of what I mean about her mm. just generally being quite annoying and like pretentious I think if she did answer but in a really annoying way um, and she said she said like some horrible like just really, yeah, like just really elusive answer. Like she didn't say like, oh yeah, I meant when I said that I meant this or something. She just said like, love channels throughout my imagination in the same way that a fragile, yet ten- tenacious vine weaves in and out of an old wall. <laughs> what does that mean? So like, love is just central to like everything. She, yeah, right. I think she's. I think that she's trying to throw it back in their face because obviously she doesn't want to just, kind of. I don't know, like simplify her book to the point where she's just like, yeah, it's a love story. Yeah. <laughs> You're a lot more forgiving. I am. <laughs> Did you like the ones that were really short? Like, um, stir fry. Yeah, there's stir fry. Or tomato puree. Oh, yeah. And then, um, Oh, postcard is the one where it's like, it starts with, it is raining now and a bra strap has slipped down, which is perfect. And then she's talking about her vagina. (laughs) Frogs sounding like her vagina. Yeah. That's also one of the ones that made me think, has she experienced some kind of like heartbreak or something? Because she says like, we would be, um, Mm. what what word does she use? An annoying word for, like, having sex. Cavorting. Cavorting. Or is it caverting? I don't know. Cavorting, I think. I think that, yeah, I think she's had a heartbreaking, basically. Yeah. 
I think a man has like had an affair with her and then been like, sorry, I'm not going to leave my wife or whatever. Yeah. Because it says like, um, when she refers to the letter, she says that he um, is a coward or something. She refers and then all the, and then she's kind of got some other men in the periphery that she's had like casual things with, but they're not, you yeah. don't feel like they're the one that she actually loved. Yeah, so Stir Fry goes, I just threw my dinner in the bin. I knew as as I was making it, I was going to do that. So I put in it all the things I never want to see again. That reminds me of like a Richard Brautigan thing. Yeah, definitely. I love it. She just, yeah, she just writes. So strange. I'll read a bit from Postcard. I came off the bed and I walked to the window and blew two or three toenails out upon the wet roof of the very room where recently a dinner party to celebrate a birthday had occurred. It's like, it is so weird the way she puts a sentence together. Yeah, and then the next sentence is even weirder. The zip on my dress was long and gold, you see. No, we don't see Claire. (laughs) Please elaborate. I love it. You see. No, we don't. (laughs) But I do like I can kind of relate to the way she does she she does look at like things as if they are like a sort of piece that she wants to photograph or something. The way she's describing like the way like the straps of her dress are beautiful, just hanging off a chair. Mm-hmm. Like even though she's just having a bath, like she's looking at everything and thinking like, yeah, I really like the way that looks, mm-hmm. and like and and how like all these kind of like really physical like objects and and like placings of things around her just satisfy her mm-hmm. I, like I can relate to that a lot and you and, it, and yeah I guess it's kind of like silly but yeah. I find this so interesting like the the way you responded to this and how different it is the way I've responded to it and I think it's quite um indicative of us as readers because yeah. when you said like oh um, I just know that I need to let it wash over me and not look mm. up all the words and stuff. Mm. Like, obviously, I must just be more of a kind of, like, control freak of a reader. Like, yeah. the fact that I need to look up all the words I don't understand. Mm. And, like, which obviously breaks the flow of reading. And it's very, it's a very frustrating way of reading something when, like, yeah. every sentence you have to look up two new words. And it's... I can't believe you did that. And also, <laughs> when it's, like just reading a definition of a word does not give you the full definition because you don't get the connotations of that word. Like, you don't really know in what context it's used normally. So that's, I think that's... I had a very frustrating experience, like, reading this book. Mm. And I probably took the wrong approach. Like, I think your... The fact that you had your experience is testament to you being, like, a more relaxed reader than me. I think it's also laziness. But (laughs) But if you're... If you're reading, like, poetry and you know, like, something is a poem, do you still do that, like, look up every word? Because I think people are more willing to just read a poem and know that it's still going to, like, affect them on some level, even if they don't know all the words. Or would you still want to look up everything? I would still want to look it up, I think. And I, I don't think I'm very good at reading poetry. Yeah. And I think that's probably why. We should pick poetry for- we can I mean there's poetry I like but I just in general I'm quite I just don't like things that aren't accessible 
I just would rather things were accessible and used but, simpler words to evoke something. Yeah, but that doesn't really work logically because it's accessible to you as an individual with your vocabulary in your head. But there could be someone sitting next to you who has a less, like a less broad range of words they know and they could say something that you think is really accessible they could be like oh it's not accessible so yeah, you could yeah, get yeah. to the point where you just can't write like I think yeah I, think, I like, know what you mean I don't think just because something has loads of unusual words that people wouldn't understand I don't think it means it's not accessible because I think it's more about the voice or like the intention I don't mind it if it's warranted I just think it yeah. should be as accessible as possible and I don't like gratuitous use of like hard words uh, yeah I, I don't think this is gratuitous at all okay I feel like that's just her voice that she's using and it's for a specific reason I'm trying to think of an example of like fic- in fiction where it does annoy me because it has annoyed me in the past yeah I think that's with fiction that I just generally didn't like and thought was rubbish anyway mm-hmm. and it wasn't like it didn't add anything to it I can't think of an example I think you're right in that this is... The language is intrinsic to the book. And maybe I just don't get on with the book. Because even if you hadn't have looked up any of the words, you still would have understood stuff. Yeah. Like, on a more, like, gut level. Like, I think your brain finds a bit of meaning to words, even if it's just, like, the, the sound of the words. Or, like, just everything else in the context of the sentence. Yeah. I don't know. <sighs> but yeah, it's definitely just, just a personal thing though. And that's the thing, you can't you can't like like you can't intellectualise your way to feeling the same way as me. Because I'm I haven't done that. I've just like reacted this way on like a um automatic personal basis. So you can't like yeah. rationalise it and then make yourself find it not annoying I think it is just you either do or you don't really and we're just both trying to like explain why we feel a certain way but we can't make the other one change the mind I find that really fascinating though and I wonder whether it is because do you read non-fiction in a different way than you read Mm. oh yeah I was gonna say like I would I definitely do like looking up words if it's non-fiction yeah and I think that's the thing is maybe I'm too um, entrenched in a kind of like logical, yeah, maybe fr- like frame of mind when I read these things, and I'm like, I want to understand that sentence before I move on to the next yeah. one. I mean, I think like I don't necessarily think we we've both been like this, you know, since the day we were born. I do think it's like what you get used to doing can yeah. influence the way you interpret stuff. And obviously, you're a massive reader, but you're really good at that, like logical, philosophical. Mm analytical writing whereas like I think maybe I've read more stuff that's a bit like this yeah and the first time I did I might have been way more thrown than I was Mm -hmm. this time yeah I think that's exactly it like I think I am better at reading stuff that's more at I don't know this is very literary yeah (laughs) I don't think I'm that good at reading literature it's not about being good or not is it I think it's but obviously I have, like, missed some level that you're experiencing I don't on. know, I don't think so. And also, like, when I was reading that bit at the end yesterday, I was, like, Patrick will tell you, I was going, like, what does it mean? But maybe it's that I, I quite like that mm-hmm. feeling of being on, like, choppy water and being like, oh, my God, what does it mean? Yeah. Kind of thing, rather than just being like, this is so annoying. And I like things being ambiguous. 
And I don't like it when a book has to spell stuff out at all. Yeah. And, I, and I do get kind of like a thrill from stuff not being kind of um, explicitly stated to the reader. I just think this was a bit too far for me. Yeah, maybe. I'm sure like, well, if there's any such thing as perfect, it probably isn't perfect. For me, it's more like I just put it in the same category as like if I was listening to like music, like jazz or like mm-hmm. classical music or something which wasn't like entirely reliant on you understanding some lyrics, yeah. like you'd still like connect to it on some level. I wonder. And I feel I, like it's a bit similar to that for me. Like I'm not bothered really if I don't know what the word means. And I completely buy into that. And I would. I think if I knew. Not that it relies on this, but I think if I knew that's what she was doing, I would respect it a lot more. But I just, I doubt, I doubt that having read other stuff she's written. Okay. Yeah. Like when she, I read like some in some essay she did for the Irish Times or like some interview or whatever, and she refers to like other people as terrestrial compatriots. And I was like, just say other people. Terrestrial compatriots. Just means like other like people, other people on Earth. living on this earth. She's not, yeah, she's quite eccentric. She's like obviously very intelligent. I really want you to meet her one day. <laughs> just like, just be oh. a fly on the wall. <laughs> yeah. But she's just got I think I think it is like maybe it's redeemed or I, I'd find it okay because she's got such a good sense of humour. Yeah. Like I think it's really funny. And like there's that we haven't even talked about that little riff with the those two like builders who are like redoing her roof mm. and like the way she kind of like makes fun of them and pretends that she can understand Irish because she knows they're like perving on the other woman in the other house yeah. and it's just really funny like I just think she does not she doesn't take herself really seriously in in that way I think maybe I just took myself too seriously when maybe I read you're it taking then. yourself too yeah. seriously <laughs> I obviously just lost my sense of humour when I read this this book. Sorry, I put you through this experience, Jess. It's okay, I didn't, I didn't, like, hate the experience of reading it. Like, I found the last half frustrating and I'm not sure Mm, how much. I want to read that bit again. Should we rate it? Oh, yeah. I haven't thought of my rating yet. Are you going to do the themed rating or am I going to be on my own again? Oh, give me a second to think about it. Me too. Okay. I'm going to give it... I feel I'm going to regret this rating. (laughs) But I don't know which way I'm going to regret it. So I'm going to give it a five. Oh, fucking hell. (laughs) Five. I'm so low. Vagina frogs. (laughs) Five out of ten. Okay. Um, Hmm... This is interesting. Not five out of five. (laughs) (laughs) Perfect. (laughs) Um, Okay, we might have to cut out a few seconds of me thinking what I want to give it. Um, Oh, it's hard. I can't even remember what I'd given the other stuff. I'm going to give it eight. Out of ten. Wow. Cooker knobs. <laughs> oh my god, I heard that as a cooker knob. Like, I was like, what's that? Like a bird? <laughs> I just say like a bird. <laughs> wow. Okay, 
okay, our first big difference. That's interesting. Um, I like that. I like disagreeing. Yeah. It was good. I still like you. <laughs> I don't understand you. <laughs> like, do we have the same sense of humour? I'm so confused. <laughs> okay, so I need to say what... Oh, yeah. Um, book you're doing for next what time. What book we're doing next. Uh, oh. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Look at this review. That one about except this Brit. That was the one that was really funny. Let's get <laughs> Can we just end on this review? <laughs> on good treats. Oh no, you have to say what you're. Wait, where? Which one? I haven't even heard of that, but we watched that film. Have we? Oh, <laughs> with Charlie. Do you oh, remember yeah, that one? Oh, yeah, my God, we really liked that. There are so many really oh funny God. ones. I purposefully, by the way, filtered it by oh, one yeah. star. They're not all like one star. Oh my God, she's like this bitch. <laughs> <laughs> this is the calibre of people that, like, I'm, I am obviously don't agree Hello. with this. <laughs> and a leaf threw through her bathroom window and into the tub and she loves writing sex emails and also a fruit bowl on her windowsill. Jesus fucking Christ, no one cares. Well, I loved that bit about where she'd forgotten to put her bike lights on because it's just such a like, oh, it's such a like, like relatable thing where you're just like, for fuck's sake, because you've like forgotten something and then you have to go home and it's really annoying. And I just thought it was really funny. I didn't like that bit. I liked the bit where she's in the bath, and that yeah, other bit they're yeah. saying. <laughs> like being in a beautiful place with a neurotic who won't stop talking. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I'm definitely not saying that I'd want to be friends with this character, but yeah. Okay. Okay. So, so the book I've uh, decided that we're going to read for next time is by John Berger. I think that's how you say his name. And the book is called And Our Faces, My Heart, Brief as Photos. Cool. Looking forward to it. Mm Mm-hmm. Bye. Oh, bye. (laughs) That was a very abrupt ending.